There are a lot of questions that people have throughout the recruiting process. If you are like most players and parents, some of those questions are about how college volleyball players spend their time. You might also have questions about what other types of activities make up the 20 plus hours a week that the players spend in and around volleyball related activities while they're in season. Some of you with goals and aspirations of playing volleyball at the highest level possible might even wonder what it's like playing in the NCAA tournament and the amount of preparation and dedication that goes into being one of the top teams in the nation. Some of you might also have misconceptions surrounding the term redshirting and what that experience is like in the sport of volleyball. In today's episode, Alexis Finvold, who is a redshirt freshman for a team who just played for a national championship, answers those questions and more. This is Down the Line, and my name is Brett Sikora. I have been coaching volleyball for 20 years at every level possible, from the college level to high school and club and even middle school. I am the recruiting director for Tribe Volleyball, and I have helped over 100 athletes achieve their goal of playing volleyball in college. The recruiting process is fairly complex, and each recruiting journey is unique. I use my experience, combined with advice from college volleyball players, even college coaches and recruiting experts, to help you navigate your recruiting journey. My goal is to provide you with actionable items to help make your journey a more efficient process. I hope you stick around to the end of the episode to hear more about the steps you can take towards making your goal of playing volleyball in college a reality. All right, so today I am joined by Alexis Finvold, um, who was class of 2022 at Tribe. And so can you just tell us a, a little bit about yourself, where you are, kind of what you're going through? Yeah, so um, like you said, my name's Alexis Finvold. I'm a setter. I'm a redshirt freshman at University of Louisville. Yeah. And I'm really excited to get to talk with you today. I was very fortunate. I got to be a part of Alexis's volleyball journey. Is it Alexis? Alexis's? <laughs> Alexis apostrophe? I, I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> be a part of your journey um, for coaching at Boca High for three years and then got to coach you for at least part of a 16th year at um, during that COVID shutdown. Um, your, that class of 2022, your recruiting experience was crazy because of COVID. It was something where your 16th year, it got locked down in March and college coaches weren't able to see you play again for like another 18 months, right? So basically going into your 18th year. And that really, really made things crazy. And so it's awesome that you were able to find an opportunity to be at such a high level program, right? And one that just made the NCAA finals. Like that was crazy. And I don't know that that was something that you even pictured as possible when it was something that you were going through the recruiting process. Yeah. Right. Like you knew they were good, but. Yeah, definitely not. I would, I would never have pictured, pictured myself like my freshman year, like my team being just as amazing as we are going to a national championship and just like getting to be a part of that experience. It was definitely crazy, but so much fun. So, so you are a redshirt freshman. Can you take those people that don't really know what that is and just kind of describe what does it mean to be a redshirt? Yeah. So basically being a redshirt is like you go into season for at least for me, for my experience, I like went into season knowing that I wasn't going to play, but I would still get to practice. I would do everything with the team. I got to travel this year, which that's not the same at every program, but thankfully my program, um, the rules changed and I did get to travel. And um, so, yeah, it's basically you're you're still a part of the team. You just don't have the opportunity to, to go in and games and play. 
So what's the kind of difference between someone who is redshirting and just someone who doesn't play, right? Because if the typical roster size is on average in the NCAA 17 or 18, how many girls did you have on your team? We had 18. 18, right. So right, the average. So what's the difference between someone who's redshirting and someone who just doesn't play in terms of your day-to-day, you know, and weekly activities? Yeah, I honestly don't think there's much of a difference besides the fact that like in your head, you know that like this weekend, you're not going to go play where as like if you're just someone who doesn't play at all, you're not really sure if you're going to play or not um, or if you'll be needed. But like based on a a day to day practice lift, like you're still doing everything the same. So you're still working just as hard weight room, everything. Yes. Now you, you, we talked about this at the very beginning of you just came off of, and I mean, you got home late over Christmas break because you were gone so long in the NCAA tournament. What is that NCAA tournament experience like? Cause you went through what three weekends of it, right? From the first round, yeah. that's week 16, lead eight, final four. What is that NCAA tournament like? It is. It was so much fun. Obviously, it was really special that like we got to host up until the Elite Eight, obviously not the Final Four because that's in Omaha. But that was just so much fun just seeing like the city of Louisville come like to every single one of our games, like at the Yum Center in our Elite Eight game. That was just like a blast. It was so much fun seeing everybody kind of like rally behind you. And that was definitely one of my favorite games. But then like even going into the Final Four in Omaha this year, um, it was also super fun you you it's like really special especially like getting to spend so much time like together with your teammates and I think it really just makes you all grow closer because obviously like you want to you want to reach that end goal like you want to be in the championship you want to win that I really think it was just a really great experience to be able to like continue to move on and like get coached like every single day by some of the best coaching staff in the country as well that is, you know, Omaha, that Nebraska, the level of volleyball fandom there is second to none anywhere in the country. Um, and that that volleyball is something special, like that national championship experience, because you have players from around the country who are there and you have college coaches, more college coaches that are there in any one place at any given time. So you've got passionate fans that are there for the game. I think that kind of adds to the level of excitement where, you know, like where some sports their national championships are just simply fans of a given school they're not coaches and players and people who who know the intricate workings of what it takes to be a championship level volleyball team yeah um so you got to host the first two rounds what was different like in terms of expectations preparations and the things that went on before an ncaa game than it did during your regular season Obviously, during the NCAA tournament, you're only allowed to have 16 people dress out. And as a redshirt freshman, I was not one of those people who got to dress out, but I still did get to play in like practices during the week. I just wasn't able to warm up with my team and wear a jersey on the sidelines of the game. At least for me and my experience with my team, like my team was so supportive of me and they really like did a good job and made sure that I didn't feel left out of anything because like obviously it's a hard a hard situation. But my team did a really great job and it was so fun, like being on the sidelines, getting to support them. And and it was really cool because in watching the both the final four game and the national championship, it was fun this there with my wife who got to watch you play at Boca. And just kind of seeing every time um, Louisville went back to serve, you were there in the background cheering. But you said you weren't the only one that wasn't allowed to dress and participate. We saw a couple other girls that were there doing the same thing. Because you were on a a really good team, clearly. Like, I think you lost maybe, what, two or three games in the regular season? Uh, We lost one game, two games regular season, yeah. Two games regular season. So it was... 
One, one was preseason. One was preseason. <laughs> but but still, still on the record, it's like 20. Yeah. But, but so on a very successful team. So what you do during the week in terms of film, lifting, practice prep, having been on the college side of it, you do have different parts during the week of one where you're getting better at what you do, but also kind of for who you're playing that weekend, prepping like almost scout team type stuff. Yeah. How much of that changed from like your regular season in the incredibly competitive ACC to now the NCAA tournament. What was that kind of weekly prep like for those games? Yeah. So honestly, the prepping never really changed from regular season because obviously during regular season, you're still playing two teams in one weekend. So you take that week to prep for both of those teams and you kind of like split time during practices. You maybe spend one or two days on one, on one team and then one or two days on the other team. And then you're, you're traveling. Um, and then the same thing for us during the tournament, we would spend one or two days on the, like on the two teams that we were potentially playing um, on like that second day of the tournament. And then the rest of the week was on that team that we would play that Thursday or Friday. And then we lifted twice a week um, during the tournament and then film. We watched a lot of film. That is one thing that our coaches like to do. We did individual film once a week as well as regular season. That was just like a whole season thing. And then we have team film multiple times a week, more towards like the the end of the week when you're starting, when you can't do as much like physical preparation and you just want to watch them to get like a feel for their tendencies, um, how you're going to play defense. Like, And then we also did positional film for setters from a setting standpoint. That was like watching what the blockers do like if they take a step with the pass like just stuff like that and where their weakest uh defenders and blockers were that's awesome and i i know from my experience with you in the high school program of you stepping in as a freshman in our summer open gyms and like kind of leading and running the weight room stuff helping older kids figure out how to do stuff um that in being a setter you understand and you have to understand like like you said how the blockers move how things and so as a setter you probably have to watch a little bit more game film than possibly some of the other positions um what was it like being in that position room with the experienced setters that you had and the the coaches that were there that kind of helped open your eyes to things that maybe you didn't know about the setting as a position in general and preparation and scouting? Yeah. So obviously the college game is just like completely different from high school and club because it's just like so much faster and players are a lot more skilled. So there are like different things that you kind of have to watch. And I think just getting to like see the questions that the older girls asked my coach's dialogue and our starting setters dialogue was just like it kind of just like flowed evenly. And like they talked a lot about like the blockers, like if their middle was a strong blocker, then you might want to just keep them on the outside, kind of like what what shots they want us to hit and like where we want to start setting the ball, maybe to like start with the pins and then open up the middle or like start with the middle to open up the pins, just like how we want to attack each team based on their weaknesses. It's it's fun always figuring out how to attack based on their weaknesses. Did you ever get to the game point plan of how we defend of, okay, this is typically how people attack us and, and then kind of spend much time on like the counterattack for that? Or is it really more of just focusing on the other team's weakness and how you are going to be attacking that? Um, 
I think it was more based on their weaknesses, just because we do have such a strong offensive lineup. Like our our hitters are all very, very good. And so I don't think it was necessarily like what we could do to hit them, at least from a setting standpoint, like as what we focused on during positional film was like what offense, like where we wanted to start attacking based on like kind of what, what it was for them. Or, or like sometimes we thought about like how they're going to come out. Like Claire Chasse is just like, she was going off this whole entire season. So a lot of teams, they would step towards her or something like that. So then we'd set away from her for a while just to like open up some things, just like stuff like that, where obviously if you, if you have a player who's on fire from previous games, like you, you kind of assume that teams are going to want to shut her down early. Um, so then just like kind of opening things up from that standpoint. That's awesome. And you kind of answered a little bit of the biggest difference from that you've experienced from college to what you had in high school and club. You said it's super different from you as a setter. What other differences did you like, really have to deal with coming in from high school, from club to stepping into that elite level of volleyball? Yeah, I definitely think the biggest one was just the speed of the game and like trying to catch up with everything and not just getting like stuck, like stuck in the wrong place or something like that. But from a defensive standpoint, like blocking and just playing defense in general, I had to uh, work on a lot. Obviously, I'm still working on it. Like I've only been there for one season. Um, but those are probably like my biggest focuses that need work because it's just a completely different ball game. Describe a little bit of what you mean by speed of the game, because that's something that we we talk about a lot with the athletes, yeah. but from me saying it to them versus you saying it to them, what does that mean? Like what's different about the speed of the game? Like are, are the passes faster? Are the sets faster? The hits are obviously harder because bigger volleyball. Yeah. The hits are harder, faster. You have less time to move. The, the tempo of the sets just picks up a lot. Yeah. You just don't have as much time to like watch the ball and think about what you're going to do. You kind of just have to like move because it's just so fast. You're kind of figuring things out as you're moving to your next job and figuring it out on the fly. Yeah. Very cool. Now, you've got some girls on the team that are incredibly successful. You've got All-Americans in different positions, yeah. um, senior setter that had transferred and had played other places too. And so what about, and I know that you're very mindful and you pay attention and you like to learn from other people too. So like, what were you able to figure out that made those players who were so successful that successful? Like, what were they doing differently yeah. than either other people on your team or other people in the gym that you played on a week-to-week basis? Like what made them special? What made them so great? Um, Obviously we have some amazing athletes who are just so good on our team and they are just very, I don't know. They're just so good. Like Mm -hmm. I think one thing about our team is like our team culture. We're all just like such great friends that like, we never really have like an issue. Well, they never really had an issue on the court. And it's like, we always are just so supportive of each other and we know that like we can get more out of each other. So like they were just, it's a constant like push to be better, like every single time. And then like grit and like determination to like keep going and stuff like that. And like if a big talk um, from our coach this season was like one person needs to start stepping up and then everybody needs to get on their back. I think that's really what helped us in those big moments, especially with those players that were on the court and then another thing that we do a lot in our gym is like those extra reps after practice, before practice, um, honestly, just whenever we can, everybody's usually in the gym after practice, still getting some things that they want to work on, which obviously helps. 
So you mentioned culture, right? And obviously winning isn't a mistake. It takes so much on so many different levels to be good and takes even more to be great. So like, but and it all comes, it comes down to that culture that ties it together, that being friends on and off the court. But how else would you describe the culture? Like what else went on that you did um, in, out of the gym that helped contribute to that? And I know that and I've experienced it with you of you are a big contributor of whatever team culture you're on. So you pay attention to that and you're very mindful of it. So what type of things went on that helped make it a championship culture? Because the reason I'm asking is for our young women who are going through the process and trying to find a culture like culture matters, right? In yeah. Tribe gym, Boca gym, your Louisville gym, it, it, it matters. So what kind of things did you do? And then, when you're going, if you were to go through it again, how would you ask questions or what would you look for in trying to find that, that championship level culture there? Yeah, I would just definitely look for like supportiveness. Like, I think that's one of the biggest things that we have on our team is just everybody is so supportive of one another and we're constantly pushing like everybody else to be better. Um, because it's like you step in the gym and you're only there for a certain amount of time. So like, you need to take that time seriously and work hard because we all want to get better and we all want to do like make the most out of the season um and then ask for like what to look for kind of I feel like culture is one of those things where like when you can see it so like if you're taking a visit and you get to like experience that team like when you feel it like you you'll feel what's right for you and like what works for you I think like it's more of one of those things that you kind of like feel out rather than like ask questions to find out because everybody's always going to tell you what you want to hear. But once you see it and feel it, it'll feel right, I guess. <laughs> okay, that's that's fair. You're right. It's culture is definitely a feeling thing, but it's also something where, like you said, you ask the same questions, you're going to get the same perfect answers from different people um, as they try to sell their program, whether it be coaches or players. So I'm gonna give you this challenge. I just thought of if you describe your culture in three words, what would it be? Like three words that really describe the culture in your gym that you're experiencing. Um I'll say something that was like a really big theme of this year for us. It was kind of like you over me. Like we have a few like sayings that we like to to say um throughout the season just to like highlight what our themes for the season is going to be and one of them was you over me, which I feel like we really showed throughout the season. Like everybody likes like if one person was having a bad day, like everybody would pick up around them and like pick up their slack so that they could help like everybody like just keep doing better and like stuff like that. Um, that was really something that was a part of it. And then I'll give you two, okay. two, three answers. Another saying that we had was like goofy focused fun because volleyball should be fun. Like it's a game, like you want to play it. And like, we tried to ha- like stay goofy, but stay focused and have fun like all the time, which in our gym, we definitely have a lot of fun, but it's always like the good kind of fun where you're like focused and you're enjoying what you're doing. Focus, but not like that point of it's not distracting, but it's fueling what you're doing. Exactly. Still getting stuff done. Mm -hmm. Um, So now what has been the hardest thing that you've had to learn or had to deal with uh, during, during this first freshman year, like these first, what, six months, five months that you were on campus? Yeah. Six months. Um, I think the hardest thing was like managing it all. Like towards the end of the season, it really gets to be a lot. 
and you you become a little overwhelmed with like school coming to an end and all your classes and staying on top of that and also like playing volleyball every single day and lifting for me it was three times a week and just all of that and trying to balance like getting enough rest taking care of yourself trying to have fun still because you you want to have some fun sometimes like you need an outlet um but that was definitely the hardest part for me but and adjusting to being away from home like that was my first time that I'd ever been away from home And I didn't get to come home for six months and seeing all my friends at home, like when they got to come on breaks was obviously really hard, but yeah, I think that was the hardest part for me was adjusting and time management. Time management. Yeah. Um, and that, that being away from home, that's especially when you have that comparison of you have friends that didn't play volleyball, you have friends that weren't at the same level. And I mean, you had teammates like Viv, she played at, you know, Ole Miss, like she played this year. So same thing at the same level, um, you know, Sienna at Miami, but you know, that's, she's from Miami. So that's kind of, that is kind of home for her. So what did you do that kind of helped you deal with being that away from home? Because you probably, you know, this, like we go back home you see all the banners in the gym, like there's a lot of girls that go away to school that aren't two to three hours away. So like, what did you do in that, you know, having to deal with that, that being the hardest thing to overcome, especially at first semester, like now, mm-hmm. now it's easy. You did it. Like, I, yeah. I can tell you that, like you got through the hard part. Now it's easy. Um, what did you do to deal with that being away from home? Like, and not having that home every other weekend for a home cooked meal, you know, that South Florida living, that, that kind of reset that vibe, like, what did you do? Yeah, I think there are a few things that kind of helped out with that. Um, One of them is just like, I'm kind of grateful that the time that I did spend away from home was like in season. So we were just kept so busy, like constantly that like, sometimes you never really had time to even think like, oh, I'm not home right now. Like, oh, I miss home. Like, you're just constantly kept busy. So I think you're kind of just all thrown into it at once, which like it helped not like missing home and like thinking about all those things like you don't really have time. Um, And then another thing, at least on our team, we had a few girls that were from like that were local and lived there and like they opened up our their homes to them so that we got to go over there. And I had Thanksgiving at one of the girls houses up there, which was super fun. And I'm super grateful for their family for that for them opening their homes to us. And then also just like having fun with your teammates, like sometimes we'd all just hang out on weekends or like stuff like that, like do things apart from volleyball that just like were fun. So like, you're still, it's not just like volleyball school, volleyball school. It's like, you're also getting that fun, fun environment. That social aspect of it, right? You have, you have your volleyball, you have your school, and then you have your social interactions. That's kind of the three bubbles that you live in. Yeah. Um, so now I have some questions that I've kind of been asking um, in these interviews, but what is the best advice that you've received from either a coach or a teammate? And this can be either a high school club or during your time here on campus. Yeah, um, I think one of the biggest things that's kind of stuck with me is from club coach Sebastian. He told me before I left to fall in love with the process. And that was just something that I like didn't realize that how like true it would need to be because like, obviously you're playing every day, which like you weren't really doing before. It's just in like the next level of everything that you're doing. It's a lot more intense and it's going to be hard. Like, like you, you know that before you go in, but like, you don't realize how hard it's really going to be just like mentally, physically, like everything, you're just going to be drained. And I think it's just wanting to go get better and like, like, you know, you're not going to be your best every single day, but like falling in love with the process. And like, you know, that eventually you'll get through whatever you're going through. That's awesome. Um, it, Sebastian is a wise man. Yes. 
Um, so you've said a couple of things in there of you've talked about the speed, you've talked about time management and just how you're so busy. And that's something that in working with the young women through the recruiting process is telling them like the difference is in the club, you were playing volleyball, maybe eight hours a week. Yeah. Right. A couple of practices, like tournaments, like maybe some individual training Mm -hmm. of occasional lifting in college, you're 20 hours of regulated time, mandatory time. And then on elite programs, it's you're doing extra, right? It's not required, but if for you to be successful, you're kind of like, it's expected of yeah. you. So that's extra reps in the gym. So can you kind of just lay out, just given a normal week, what your day looks like? Yeah. Okay. So for like a normal day on a day that we lift, we would, we practice in the afternoon. Thankfully, that was very nice. I, I was very grateful for that. Um, so um, like on a random Tuesday, we'd have 8 a.m. lift. Um, and then we go right from lift. We'd go back to the locker room, shower, get ready for class. And then I'd have class from like 9.30 to 10.45. Then I would head back to my dorm. If I had time, I'd take a quick nap or I'd get like food or something. And then I would go right to practice because for setters, we would start at like 1.30, 1.40 when we normally practice at 2. Um, and then obviously before you're actually getting out to practice, like you – you get treatment, um, just stuff like that. So I'd probably get to the gym around 12, 1230 every day um, with like treatment, eating, and then going right to practice. Then we'd probably get out of practice around five. Um, and then from there, we would head to Thornton's, which is like where we have our athlete dining and it's like a study place also. And then I'd get home, finish up my homework, study for any tests that I need. And then I'd basically head right to bed. <laughs> Um, and then for like a game day on like a Friday, Fridays were a lot more like relaxed than Sundays just because they're night games rather than afternoon games. So like, I thankfully don't have classes on Fridays. So I would usually I'd like sleep until like 10 maybe. And then I'd get up and go to brunch at like 11, um, for all the people who didn't necessarily play a lot or like red shirts, we would have a third lift on Fridays and that would be around like 12. Um, so we'd have that third lift. Then we'd go, go shower, hang out for maybe like an hour, get our like pregame Starbucks, you know, we all do that. And then we would have serve and pass and like, kind of just like hang out, have pregame meal. And then we would all start getting ready. And then you just start like game day warmups. Awesome. Um, yeah, and that is a lot of time. Like I said, it's because you have your 20 hours of volleyball plus the extra and that like the 20 hours of volleyball doesn't count that, you know, that treatment in the training room beforehand, um, the ice bath afterwards, when you're going through double days, you live it in the ice bath. Um, yeah. Number one recommendation <laughs> is that's how you survive preseason, yeah. um, especially at the college level. And then you've got 15, 18 hours of classes, like even in the fall, it's light, but I mean, it's 12, to, I guess, 12 to 15. Yeah, 12 to 15. And then homework and travel. Like when you ride on a bus, time on a bus. What were bus trips like? We actually only took one bus trip this whole entire season, and that was to Notre Dame. So it was like super short. Um, Thankfully, we got to charter all of our flights, which was super nice. That's awesome. That's, you know, awesome advantage. So what's something that you wish that you knew before you stepped foot on campus? Um... Oh gosh. I feel like I wish I knew that like one thing that I I guess I wish I knew is like don't like be so hard on yourself. 
um, especially as like a freshman and like not like saying that that's like an excuse, but obviously you're experiencing all of these things for the first time and it's going to be like super difficult. And I think during practices, a lot of times I was really hard on myself and it like didn't help me out. Like, obviously you're going to get like upset or like whatever, but like, you can't let that like dwell. You have to kind of just shake it off and like go and do the next thing which obviously like going, like playing sports, growing up playing sports, like, you know, that kind of to an extent, but I feel like when you're playing every single day, it's just like taken to the next level. And you really just have to try and like, let it go and keep going. Cause it'll all like work out in the end. Yeah. Cause when you demand excellence of yourself, it's like, again, it can be frustrating when you're trying something new, when you're trying, like you said, it's faster. Yeah. And you feel like you're behind cause you like just got there, but it'll like come in time. is like the biggest thing that I feel like I wish I knew. Great advice. Now, on your six months on campus so far, what's something that you're the most proud of? Um, <laughs> nothing yet. Nothing yet. I guess like, can I say like my teammates and how well they did and how well we did this season? I mean, yeah, I, I was thinking more of towards you, but you know, that the cel- celebrating the awesome teammates you had, um, <laughs> who, which, which one player on your team kind of, um, exemplified the culture on the, of your program the best. And I know you have a lot of great leaders and a lot of great players, yeah. right? And especially at that elite level, you got to be great at volleyball to to be good at volleyball, yeah. right? So who is somebody that kind of really exemplified the culture of your program the most? Um, That's like a really hard question because like you said, everybody is just like such a great player and they all like we all like buy into our program so much with like our culture and stuff. But I guess like if I had to pick one person that I kind of like look to and stuff would be Claire. She was always so much fun and just like everything like that. Like I really think she played a big part of like goofy focused fun like I was talking about earlier and just like showing like work ethic like every day she was in the gym getting extra reps like before practice after practice. But yeah, she was a big part of our program this year and she really showed our culture well, I think. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, knowing just again, getting to experience high level volleyball and see it um over the season and kind of following along because knowing that you were there and just kind of following along, seeing how you know our players were doing. Um, the, again, that's something and seeing you post of this just amazing, you no know, all tournament accolades yeah. and all American and player of the week yeah. and these different things, and that just doesn't happen by accident. Um, and to having teammates that celebrate them you know, like it's that, that means that they're doing the right things. Yeah. Right. Cause it's not just like, Oh, Hey, my teammate, Oh, good for her. But you know, that's, you know, so having that teammate celebrate her, that's, that, that's awesome. Look, getting into college is stressful for everyone. It doesn't matter if you're a student, a student athlete, or a parent trying to help navigate a landscape that has changed so much since you yourself went through this process. And whether you're getting your recruiter to play sports in college or not, Having someone walk you through the admissions process from start to finish is extremely important. I'm very excited to announce that we are forming a partnership with your college contact. Who is College Contact? Well, they are a technology platform that connects high school students with college undergraduates for more affordable and accessible college admission advising. Translation, your student gets to meet with a current college student at their favorite university. Once you set up an initial meeting with them, they will match your high schooler to a college student based on your preferences. This college student will mentor and advise your high schooler through the entire process. From forming a college list to brainstorming and writing college essays to applying for scholarships and financial aid. The best part, it's extremely affordable and use our special discount code to receive 20% off all services. Just use the code TRIBE20, 
That's T-R-I-B-E-2-0 at checkout to receive the discount. For more information, check the link in the description below. Now, back to today's episode. If you were going to go back in time and give yourself advice as a younger player, what's something that you would give yourself in whether it be training, in position, recruiting process, what would be a piece of advice that you would love to go back and give a younger you? Yeah. So I'll do this in like two parts. I'll do like training first. And I'll say just like to keep working hard, even when you're maybe not doing well, like if you keep working at it, like you'll get where you want to be. Um, not saying that I'm, I've like gotten where I want to be or anything like that. I'm just saying like, you'll just keep getting better and it'll, it'll show the more that you work at it and putting in those like extra reps and stuff. And then from a recruiting aspect standpoint, I'd say it'll all work out the way that it's supposed to. Um, You kind of mentioned this at like the start, but our recruiting process just got like super, like for my year and maybe the year above me and below me. Yours was the worst because the year ahead, they were in college already. The year behind, they were affected by your class, like this 23 class. It's closer, but it wasn't the like the whole, they can't see you play live for 18 months. Okay. And oh, they don't need anything because everybody gets another year. Nobody's graduating, Mm -hmm. right? Like your situation was like everybody who needed a 22 doesn't anymore because now they're all in 23, but it's yours was affected the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would just say like everything will work out the way that it's supposed to, because like God has a plan for you. And I think that was like, I wish I enjoyed my recruiting process more than I did like before, because I really think that you can have fun with it. Um, and I don't think I had fun with it really. It was just so stressful for me because of the circumstances that I was in. Um, but yeah, I am so grateful for where I ended up and my coaching staff is just so amazing and I love them and all the players on my team, they've all become like my best friends and yeah, it's like my family away from home. That, that's awesome that you can find that because we do see, and this is the time of year where we see a lot of it is that transfer portal lighting up. Yeah. Like I, I think I saw something where as OF over the first week after a season ended, there were over 300 girls in that portal for various reasons. Some of them being, you know, like you had a teammate that was graduate transfer. Hey, she's done. She knew before season, she was going somewhere else um, where they're done. Like they're playing for their fifth year and then tons of others for, you know, coaching staff change yeah. or they go somewhere and you know, it's not what they bought in for. Or Hey, this was harder than I thought it was going to be. I need something else. Um, what is it that you think really kind of makes it or breaks it for somebody there during their season that raises the red flag of, Hey, I need to transfer or, Hey, I just need to dig in and work. Yeah. I think a big part of that has to do with like coaching staff. I feel like that's like people's like main thing. And like, thankfully at Louisville, I honestly say that we have like the best coaching staff in the country. Like they're so supportive of every single one of us. Um, like they treat us like where their kids, like stuff like that. Like I went into their conference room and ate lunch with them, like almost every single day at the end of the season. I think that that's a really big part of it. And like, obviously like you see people transfer, like you said, for coaching staffs, because that's like not what they signed up for stuff like that. Okay. If you had to go back and do anything differently in your playing career so far, recruiting process, or even given your short six month time on campus, uh, what would you do differently? I honestly wouldn't change anything. Um, kind of like I said earlier, maybe have more fun with the recruiting process. But given the circumstances, I think that was a little bit difficult. But I honestly do really, I'm really grateful for where I ended up. So I feel like if the circumstances were different, it might not have 
played out the same way. So, yeah. Fair. What's been your favorite part of being a student athlete on campus at Louisville so far? Um, Definitely just like getting that second family that I was talking about earlier. Like I love all of my teammates and I'm pretty sure I've said that a few times over this and my coaching staff, but it's just been so much fun. Just like getting to be so loved in a place so far away from your home and these people, like you see them every day. So like you're kind of forced to make them into your second family, but I feel like we always have so much fun. Is there anything that you would like to give these young ladies going through the recruiting process and trying to find their perfect fit into it? Because not everybody is going to be, you know, able to go to a top five program, right? Not everybody can go to a power five program. Not everybody can even go to division one, right? It's, we have so many players that so many different things that are right for them that what would you give them in terms of advice to just kind of help them through the recruiting process? in things to look for, um, things that maybe should be, like having been there on campus, um, things that should be a focus or things that maybe you kind of put in high value that now that you're there, you realize weren't really, you know, something you should have considered as deeply as you did. Yeah. I think one of the main things that I did was kind of just like, I really wanted to go to like a power five school. Um, I kind of wanted that experience, but I honestly think that you can find a fit for you and like that's good for you wherever because like power five schools aren't the only good programs in the country. Like there are a lot, a lot of good programs out there. And like, even if they're not D1, even if they're not power five, like they could still be perfect for you. So I wouldn't let that like deter you away from that school. If, if like, if you want something bigger, like if you want something better. So what what is it like living in Kentucky that is great being different than home? Because yeah. again, that's something that I've always preached. And I think I had this conversation with you is give an opportunity to go and experience something yeah. different. Do that now. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, when you're getting into the finding a job, you run out of time yeah. for it. So what, what are some of your favorite parts? And you try, like you said, you traveled all around the country playing different places. Um, what were some things that you really loved about being in Kentucky that, that you, maybe you didn't consider earlier? Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest things, like you said, is that it's just so different from home. Like I'm very grateful that I get to experience something so different, even though like I'm, I've only been there for like six months, but I like can very much say that I want to move back home after just because it makes you like appreciate home and just like the sun and it constantly being warm all the time. Um, it just makes you appreciate it more. But I think it was definitely really cool to just like experience like the seasons for the first time, um, like seeing the leaves change. Like I'd never seen that before, really, like and live through that. And then like the cold and stuff. Um, obviously, it's really cold there. And just like I think that's been one of the really cool parts and kind of just like adjusting to all that and learning like how to navigate through that, especially like in somewhere that's cold and not like home. It's different. Like you can figure out like, am I good with living it through cold for four months? Can I handle six months or is it, do I need to be there? So what are some things outside of volleyball? And like you said, you do a lot of times of class, training room, gym with, with your teammates. Did you have any time this fall to kind of get involved with or experience anything else on campus? Um. Not really, like not like on campus, I'd say. I think I was kind of just so focused on like figuring things out on my own and like finding a good balance between everything that I was already trying to balance. Um, So I didn't really have time to 
get into anything on campus. But I know that a lot of the upperclassmen on our team are like involved in a bunch of stuff, which they all love it. So it's like a really good opportunity, especially like being open to things like that, that will like help your like resume and stuff for when you do end up leaving college. There was something that I, I just thought of when, when you were mentioning about um, when you're going to the gym, not being so hard on yourself, right? You How you kind of said when you were in there, when you're working, that you wish that you would give yourself, not be so hard on yourself. What were some of the things that you did that allowed you to give yourself that the confidence when you're struggling, when you're learning, when you're growing? Like I said, when you're adjusting to yeah. the speed of the game, you've got senior, like five years yeah. older than you on the other side of the net and you all Americans around mm-hmm. you, how do you give yourself that confidence to go be your best self, win, lose, draw, but every day trying to get better? Like, how do you give that to yourself? Um, I'd say it definitely took a lot of time. And I think I'm honestly still kind of getting used to being like the underdog in the gym. But I think one of the biggest things that helped me throughout season is just like getting the support from my other teammates and like knowing that like, even if I did make a mistake, like it would be okay. And they would still like, like me after the next point, like it wasn't my fault. Like I was the one messing up, but like they didn't make it the end of the world or anything. It wasn't personal. Yeah, exactly. I just have like this one memory when I was playing defense this one random time with no block up. And this wasn't even like the point of the drill. Like I wasn't, I was just playing defense to play defense. And I finally got like this one dig and like everybody started like screaming. My coach like ran up to me, gave me a high five. It was just like, it was super like fun. And I think it's just like moments like that make you want to keep going and like make you want to get better still. And like, it also shows that like eventually you are getting better. It just like takes time. Yeah. And especially at the higher levels, like it, it's harder work to make improvements. Like if you think about back with younger volleyball, it's like, Oh, I I can serve. I fixed my toss and all of a sudden now I'm a good server. Right. So it's to get better the longer you're in it and the higher level you go. It takes some more work, more precise, not just, not just yeah. practice. It's mindful practice and then tons and tons of failure. So it, it's harder to get better the, the higher up yeah. you go. What's, what's one quote that you have been living this season by that, you know, just something that you, you, you want to share with other people? Um, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I feel like fall in love with the process is kind of like how I've been going through this season because it is a process and not everything's going to be easy and it'll be hard sometimes, but it'll get better. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. I really look forward to seeing how you kind of now break off the redshirt role and getting into that playing opportunity and continue your progress. Thank you. And thanks again for your time. Really enjoyed talking with you. Of course. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Down the Line. If you enjoyed today's show, we would greatly appreciate it if you could take a moment and leave us a rating and a review on your preferred listening platform. Your feedback helps us to continually make improvements to give you a better listening experience and allows us to bring some more impactful guests onto the show. Also, if you could share this episode with a friend or teammate who you think could benefit from the content we covered today, this helps us help you achieve your goal of playing volleyball in college. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back with another episode soon. In the meantime, thank you for being a part of our tribe.